What's up, y'all, and welcome into the Jack Vita Show. I'm your host, Jack Vita, alongside the legend, Stephanie LaGrosa Kendrick, returning to the show. Stephanie, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Jack? Great to be back. It's great to have you back, and we're going to have a really fun conversation today. We're going to talk about <laughs> Stephanie's return to reality television on The Traders, which was a really fun show that just streamed on Peacock. They're actually going to be shooting a reunion show pretty soon. So by the time this episode gets out, you'll only be a few days out from checking out the reunion show. You're not going to want to miss that. It's going to be really fun. Um, so Stephanie, just decide to answer the call. Go back on reality TV. We're going to discuss that. If you guys enjoyed today's show, make sure you subscribe to the Jack Vita Show, wherever it is that you get your podcast. If you're watching here on YouTube or Facebook, hit subscribe. Follow along on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. And we have returning to the show for like, I think this is like the seventh time we've done one of these. <laughs> um, six, we've done like six over the last seven months. Uh, she's been such an awesome godsend in my life and in the life of the show also. It's been so much fun having her on and getting to know her and become great friends with her. So Stephanie, of course, starred on Survivor Palau, Survivor Guatemala. Survivor Heroes versus Villains, which we don't talk about. We, we've talked about it enough. We won't go back <laughs> on that. But she went on a few shows. She married a World Series champion. Well, she uh, Kyle Kendrick. So she's got a baseball wife, baseball affiliation. She was a great athlete in her own right, uh, starring at Monmouth, playing lacrosse there, winning a conference championship. Um, and she decides, you know what? It's been 13 years away. I'm going to get back into reality TV. What happened? How did this happen, Stephanie? You know what? Um, well, thank you for that. That was a beautiful introduction. I'll come on here any day. Yes. If you're going to introduce me like that, you make me feel so good about myself. So thank you, Jack. It's a, this is a fun show to come on. It's fun to talk to you about everything I have going on in my life and all the crazy reality shows I've done and I'm doing. So thanks. Um, all right. So, well, Stephanie, I will Lynn, say there before you before you get into that, you've been making the rounds. You've been doing lots of interviews, and now you get to return to your hometown show. Now you're you're back on on. <laughs> you're one of our very own. We sent you out on reality TV. You came back. <laughs> That's right. My very first. I think you're my one of my very first podcasts. Yeah. So where yeah. it all where it all began. It's like Delta. <laughs> Everything goes back to Delta. It's like Kevin Bacon. Um. So Lynn Spillman originally casted me for Survivor, and she's another local Philly girl, but she lives out in L.A. now with her husband and kids and beautiful family. And um, she kind of stayed in touch with me over the years and had called a couple times when Kyle was playing, and it just wasn't the right time. I either had been pregnant or just had a baby or, you know, Kyle wasn't around, and I just, mom couldn't be away. So she called me about a year ago, a little over a year ago. And she's like, I think I have a show for you. You don't have to be gone that long. And it was for Snake in the Grass. So I was only gone 10 days and I did Snake in the Grass, which aired on USA Network. And it was kind of like my introduction back into reality TV. It was fun. It was just one episode, blah, blah, blah. If you don't know what Snake in the Grass is, like Google it. and Go and back and check out our where... episodes. We talked about it a couple times. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. There you go. And you yeah. can find out what happened and who I was on with. So yeah. I come off that. Go about, you know, mom duty, full-time mom, daily life, kids super busy, three kids, crazy sports family, whatever. And then the guy that Lynn passed me off to, that passed me for Snake in the Grass, called me. 
and said, you know, how would you like to be whisked away and live in a castle in Scotland for a month? And I was like, when? And he said, you know, I need you there by this date. And I was like, well, it sounds amazing, but I can't because it was my son's first Holy Communion and I, I was hosting like the luncheon and everything. And that's like an important thing in our family. So I was like, I'm really sorry. Like, it sounds amazing and I'm honored, but I can't do it. So hang up the phone. My son, I had the guy on speaker because I was driving and um, my son's like, that sounds so fun. Mom, are you sure you can't do it? And I'm like, no, Kyle. And he's like, you can miss my communion. I'm like, no, I can't miss your Holy Communion. Like, no. So I get home, him and my husband, Kyle Sr., talk me into it call the casting guy back. I'm like, well, if I can leave like late at night, that night, I can do it. He's like, I need you there like that night. Like we'll get you the latest flight out of Tampa possible, but you like filming starts the next day. So I flew out. They picked me up from the luncheon at the first Holy Communion. And I went right to Tampa, flew right to Inverness. They checked my bags. It was like two o'clock in the morning. You know, they check your bags in the hotel before we start filming. And I had to be up five o'clock in the morning, hair and makeup, ready to shoot. Had no idea what I was getting myself into. Just knew a little bit about it because they had sent us two episodes from like the version, the Dutch version. Um, and they said it would kind of be a little bit of like that, but not really. So I had no idea who was going to be there. And I get to this train station, which they only show a little clip of in the beginning because um, because... Oh, well, that's something I can't say, but they only show a little clip in the beginning of the train. It's a really cool train. And we're at this train station and we get on, there's 10 of us. This is the first time now I'm seeing the first group of 10 and they're all like reality show type celebrities. Some I know, some I don't. Um, and then we get on the train and there's 10 civilians who seem to know a lot about us, but we don't know anything about them. We've never seen them before and they've never been on TV. So that's how it starts. We ride in on this train to the castle and we get in these really cool like old-fashioned defenders at the train station they drive us up to this gorgeous castle so so i was i i know a little bit about these shows i have some sources and whatnot but also it was reported on some sites back in i think may or june that this show was going to be coming to peacock and they had this cast list of these 10 celebrities and there was no mention of the civilians, but I saw your name on that list and I was truly shocked because the first time I spoke with you was September, 2021. That was the first time. And it's funny because it feels like we've known each other for years, but it really wasn't that long ago. So that was the first mm -hmm. time we did a podcast. You mentioned like you had really not done a whole lot of podcasts before that. Um, you were private on Instagram for a while. You had kind of gone off mm -hmm. the grid I remember people kind of talking about before I spoke with you, like, what is Stephanie like? Is she nice? Is she mean? Like kind of this mystique to you because you hadn't overexposed yourself when it came to reality television. You've been private. You've been a mom. You've just been living a regular life. And I asked right. you a little bit on that podcast about, hey, would you want to come back and do Survivor again? And you sounded like, you know, maybe if they called, but truly, I just did not think I thought maybe, you know, they're going to do some Survivor Legends season at some point. Maybe we see you on there. I was truly, truly shocked that you answered the call for both of these shows. When I saw the, you, your name in that cast list, I was like, no, nah, that can't be real. And then, like, actually a few days after that was when the Snake in the Dress, Snake in the Grass trailer dropped. 
And I was like, oh my gosh, she's doing it again. <laughs> so, I mean, Kyle and I kind of always had an understanding. Like when I met him and we decided to get married and had children, you know, I was somebody before Kyle. Like I didn't um, marry Kyle because of who he was. I married him because I loved him and we had a really good connection. And like he, he knew, he had no clue who I was from a like reality person standpoint. And I didn't look at him like a baseball player. I, I just looked at him like Kyle. So when I met him, I said to him, like, and when we got serious and got married, we always had an understanding, like, I will support you your entire career. Like I will follow you wherever you go. My life will become your life. I will give it all up for you. But when you're done playing, no matter how, this is even before you have kids, how, if we have kids or not or whatever, if the situation presents itself and this time is right for me and our family, whatever that may be, you know, and it's a good opportunity, I'm going to take it. And he always was supportive of that and okay with that. And like, yeah, like he's retired and he's fine with being retired. You know, he would like to get back in in some capacity. Um, with baseball, but he likes being home. He likes helping with the kids. He likes being a stay-at-home dad. Really, he does. So when these opportunities came up, he was like, yeah, you have to. And even like right now, he's like, what are you doing next? I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, I I'm not just going to do any reality show that comes my way. That's another thing. Like, it has to be the right fit. It has to be an adventure. It has to be something competitive. Like, and I'm not talking smack on them, but I'm not really just a housewife kind of a girl. Like, look at me. I want to dress up and be pretty and go to dinners and whatever. And, and I'm, I'm not a cat fight kind of a girl. Like, I'm not catty. I don't like drama. I'm very hands-on with my kids. Most days, I'm in workout clothes and zero makeup and a hat. Like, the only reason I have a little makeup on right now is because I just got a peel for my face for the reunion so that it looked like my skin looks nice because I was, like, really looking homely. So I put a little makeup on <laughs> so I didn't look too scary. My hair is not done. It's dirty. I mean, that's just who I am. So, you know, it was fun doing these two shows because there was that competitive aspect. Um, and we'll get into it a little more. That's why, like, you know, with the traders, I, I love the challenges. And there was somebody on there, Kate, who didn't like the challenges so much. And she made that very clear. Like, she just wanted to be there to just be funny and be on TV and be herself. And she was a riot. She was great TV, but I was there and actually play the game, you know, and like figure it out and compete. Um, but that's just, you know, how I am. So we'll see what's next. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think that's the thing why you make such good TV is because really you're not someone that needs reality TV. Like there are a lot of people who this comes, becomes like some kind of career path and that's cool for them. You know, I'm right. not hating on that, but like, I want to watch people who are really like, I just want to compete. I'm a real person. I haven't lost the sense of who I am when I go on these shows. I'm just still the same old me. And that's you. And I thought we saw that with both of these shows, especially really, especially with Snake in the Grass, where you had to be in a position where you had to be like a snake and you couldn't do it. And you were just being your yeah. authentic self. And it was just such great TV. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, snake is brutal. Like my job was to lie and blow challenges and that's like everything I'm not. And then I was on the show with, you know, and then I'm on the show with somebody that knows me very well. And if I can't blow the challenge, they're going to get a clue about me. That's 
very direct. And like Sari was on me from the second, you know, the first second. Like she knows me very well. So you get onto traders. You made mention of that train ride. You're just kind of seeing who some of these people are. And this was obviously a very unique show because you guys had never, you'd seen two episodes of a Dutch version with subtitles. Correct. It's a new right. thing. People are, you know, it just got renewed for season two because you guys did an awesome job. People want to watch it again. Um, so people going in season two, they'll have a, maybe a better idea of some ways that they can approach this game unless they switch yeah. some things up about it. But um, what I think was really interesting is, not only is it this murder mystery show, but it's also like Survivor or Big Brother in the way that you have to have voting blocks. You have to have people that vote with you. So how did you kind of, once you got there, start forming relationships and go about that part of the game? So like every time, anytime I do a reality show, my goal is to get try to genuinely get to know everybody, really and truly form relationships with people I feel like I can possibly trust. Um, and the more people you get to know and people that kind of like you, the, the better it is going to be for you moving forward. Because at the end of the day, even though you can't trust anybody in the traders, it's, a, it's still a numbers game. You need the numbers at the round table. You need the numbers. I mean, even if you're going to try to throw a trader under the bus, you need the numbers if you're faithful. So as soon as I got there, I saw Sari and Rachel and that was like, Oh my God. Like at first I was like, Oh God, she, Rachel was totally out to get me on snake in the grass. But she came up to me day one in the castle. She said, listen, whatever happened on snake in the grass, let's leave it behind us and let's work together. And I'm like, okay. And then three, same thing. Like she and I had a kind of an unspoken bond that if you're a traitor, if you're a faithful, no matter what, let's try to keep each other safe. until we get further in the game and then whatever. And I believe Rachel went up to Sari and said, like, do you think Stephanie's a traitor? And Sari said something like, even if she is, who cares? Maybe she'll protect us from the other side. So that was Sari, or that was Rachel feeling like, okay, cool. Like, if, if Sari's a traitor, maybe she'll do the same for me and for Steph. And now they both know I'm a terrible liar. So as soon as we were picked, they could just visibly tell. Like, in my demeanor, like, I was like, faithful, I just be myself. Like, it was obvious. Um, and they know it firsthand. We, and, but we had a non-disclosed, you know, agreement. And the, no one knew we were on Snake in the Grass together. So some people knew Serena and I were on Survivor. So that's why you really never see us talking much. Because we didn't want people thinking we were, like, in this major alliance. Kind of like you saw with Brandy and Reza and Kate. Like, you knew off the bat they were in a major alliance. And Kyle was smart in that. I think he kept his distance from them a little bit, even though he was on Bravo. Like he made his rounds and he got, you know, he was very social and he and I got really tight and he trusted me. I trusted him. So, you know, just kind of, I did my stuff. Sari did her stuff. Rachel did her stuff, but we all kind of came back together and they didn't show me and Sari hardly talking ever at all, but we fully had each other's backs. Like it was like a done deal, like no brainer. So um, that's kind of how it started. And then you get to know some of the civilians and I was right. Like I was super tight with Amanda. Like Amanda was awesome. And then Amanda got COVID and had to leave the show. So that was brutal because she was a faithful and she was a like, good faithful. Um, 
And it was hard because Quentin, as much as I would talk to him, he was so adamant about like other situations and he really rarely wanted to vote with me. I mean, even like till the end, he was still not voting, like even close to being correct. And it was like so frustrating because he trusted three so much, which is great. I mean, deep down, I knew three was a traitor. I really did. But I was like, let's just get the others and then we'll handle that later. But see, here's another thing. We never knew how many traders there were. They told us up to five. They never said definitely three. Now, early on, Christian was like, we're trying to figure out how many. Christian's like, oh, oh no, yeah, there's definitely three. And we were like, how do you know? <laughs> and so I, I wrote it. I have my journal. I'll have to show you. I wrote Cody, Christian, as much as I don't want to believe it, three. I have it written down because I went back to my room every night and made notes. And so then when Kate started acting like a lunatic and trying to throw challenges and just throwing everybody and anybody under the bus. And when we finally do, I mean, day one, me and Rachel were like, it's definitely Cody. Cody acted just like I acted on the snake. <laughs> I mean, he could not even relax for a second. They actually showed him being really cool. He would only let his guard down during a challenge because it was fun and you find, kind of forgot like your role in the game and then after the round table then they would give us like one or two drinks max at night thanks to kate and brandy and they like rallied for that and um he would finally let his guard down because he knew he got through the round table and he was going to get to murder somebody so after the first round table i was like oh yeah he's definitely a traitor so i talked to kyle about it talked to rachel about it talked to Sari about it um i think i talked to ryan about it and Kyle was like, I could see that. And that's why after Ryan went, Kyle went right to me and said, he just totally out of himself. Cause we had been talking about it for five days, five episodes, you know? Um, but see, there's a lot they don't show, but it took us what, five or six rounds to get the first trader. Then at, by that point we had already known hundred percent it's Christian, but now you need the numbers. And Christian was good. He was like a lunatic, like, he was just always on. Like he was always like on. So like you're like, I don't know, is he? Maybe he's not. Like he's such a wow. He, he's so much energy. I mean, I bless him. I, I do love him actually. I'm excited to see him in New York. But it, it's like you couldn't figure him out. And then anytime somebody came into breakfast, he'd be like, or like didn't show up to breakfast. He'd be like, oh, it was <laughs> such an act. And like if I was in there, I watched his face. I watched. Suri's face like the people I thought were traitors I was watching and I would watch Kate and he played such a good I mean Suri played it perfect she looked bright eyed and bushy tail every morning like I was like no way she had a late night I'm like damn she's playing this good if she is like so I did go back and forth I had an inkling but I went back and forth I mean it's solidified once she went against Rachel I was like she's definitely a traitor but um deep down I knew but I convinced myself otherwise so I go back and forth and then Christian I knew <laughs> and then Cody went and then I, you know there had to be a girl so we're like oh it's got to be Shelby right because Shelby started to turn into a little bit of a recluse she started missing her daughter she started accusing people like a lot of people so that starts to look a little guilty um so we got rid of Shelby wasn't Shelby and then Kate still going and it was she was just like an easy target basically she was a great shield for them um, and then, you know, I don't know, it's just, it's a, it's a tough game. I mean, now that there is one season out, I highly doubt any trader will 
be able to play it like Sari played it. I can tell you that. I mean, she definitely played a great game. She, I definitely had a chance to help her. I talked Kyle out of it being her. I talked Ryan out of it being her. I talked Ari out of it being her. I talked Kate out of it. I talked Brandy out of it, but they got rid of Brandy before. Um, There's a lot of people that came to me. Are you sure it's not Sari? I'm like, no, I'm telling you it's not. Telling you, I know for a fact because I know she like really, and I did say that. I said like when she got pissed, when she got one he picked, she was she she was just like like she was like mad. I could tell. So I know it's not her. I know she's faithful. So I really really like pulled for her. (laughs) (laughs) So okay, so please explain like where your head was at in terms of you thought it could be her. And you said, and you're kind of thinking, well, even if it is her, we've got this agreement, so we're just gonna figure it out later. What, what is that? In my, you're... in my mind, victory. If she truly was a traitor, and I, there was a very strong chance she was. Um. So, if you're gonna go after Suri, you better have eighty-five percent of the people with you, a hundred percent. And I didn't have that, so. In my mind, I was like, maybe she'll protect me from the inside. I'll do my best to protect her from the faithful side. And I'll deal with that as the numbers dwindle down. And I see where people stand later in the game. But as the game went on, Sari had Andy under her belt. Quentin under her belt. Um, Me and Rachel were with her. But she had Christian. We couldn't. Every time I kept trying to get rid of Christian, I even said it to Rachel. I definitely think Christian is like, she's like, okay, well, let's just get rid of the obvious. Let's get rid of Kate. And then, and it's like, no, let's get rid of Christian. So that was, I think our biggest mistake because Rachel went that night and should have been Christian. So yeah, in my mind, Suri was going to protect me and I was going to protect her. And then every man for himself later in the game, but she got me before I got her. I think that's really interesting about what you're saying about getting Christian out in that spot. Do you think you could have gotten the votes to do that? Um, so we tried and Andy and Quentin were adamant it was Rachel. And I think that's and where that Suri needed Suri, you think? I don't know, but I think that's where Suri needed to come in a little bit and be like, No, I really think it's Christian. But Again, that's a traitor. And he was already a wild card because he already screwed up about re- being recruited. It made zero sense. I mean, he kept going on and on more than they even showed. And I was like, okay, the whole thing is ridiculous. <laughs> like, just stop talking. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, we couldn't, we tried. We couldn't get the numbers. I mean, me and Rachel wanted it to be Christian. And then Ari what was it just recruited so he wasn't turning which to me doesn't make sense Ari gets recruited and then he quits anyway so why did he quit like how did that even happen I mean I'm part of the cast and I don't even know how that happened in fact at the reunion I can't wait to hear his side of that story because how did Suri convince him to quit knowing he knew she was the traitor you know so a lot of that didn't really make sense to me but I don't know. I mean, I think Suri played a great game, and I think she deserved the win. The point is, I think early on, had I not convinced, like, five people that she wasn't, I think it would have been a much different game. 
you know, but I was being very a girl of my word and I was being true to her and she was my girl. If you had been given the, it's kind of like a sorority. It's like, if you had gotten the bid to join the traders, would you have taken it? At that point? Yes. I said early on, no. Um, but if you don't, you are murdered. So I think it didn't murder you because now you're going to go tell everybody you were recruited and you declined it and they're just going to get rid of you anyway. Maybe, I don't know, but I probably would have because it was so late in the game. And at that point you start to realize like, well, how the traders really do have an advantage. Like I wanted to be anything but a trader. Like I was like, I do not want to be a trader. Every the game, you're kind of like, I wish I was a trader because they have such an advantage. I mean, if you don't slip up, but even Christian slipped up a lot and it was, it's okay. Cause there's so, so many words are flying and anything can be suspect in this game. You know, Kate would roll in, she would look exhausted and Rachel would be like late night in your cave last night, Kate, like just so like, ob- like so funny. And so like, <laughs> yeah, she probably is a traitor, you know, like just, she would have been the perfect choice because there had to be a female and we figured there had to be a celebrity female. Because at that point, there was only one celebrity male, and we had pretty much known it was Christian. We just couldn't get the number. So we're like, oh, one civilian, if there's three. Like you were saying, it's a crazy game. the game is so difficult for the faithfuls, and I didn't really see a path for any faithful to win, especially once, I mean, once... Once you guys were gone, once you and Rachel were gone, it was like, all right, well, now the only thing is how many traders are going to win. That was the really story because the faithfuls left were kept around because they weren't very savvy at the game. That's part of how you play is if you're a trader, you want to get rid out the people like Kyle Cook seemed like he had pretty good head on his shoulders and reading people and stuff. They were really getting mm-hmm. him out early. And then you keep some of the people that are like, oh, they're not really onto us. And that's one of the things I think was really tough for this game is like, so let's say in the first week you rally the troops, you're like, Cody is definitely a traitor. You get him out. Well, guess what? Now everyone's like, the traders are like, guess what? We know Stephanie's really good at this game. So we have to take her out. So I know. And that's another thing. That's a big flaw I had with watching it um, is just that like, I, there is an incentive for people to play more close to the vest and not be confrontational and not be aggressive. And I think when people play the game aggressive and really are playing the game hard, that makes better TV. So that was kind of one of the things that. Well, when I, yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And there, there comes a point where Suri says, like, I'm pretty sure Stephanie's starting to figure out our next move. And and as soon as I and, and I don't get a lot of I, if you notice, I don't get a ton of airtime. Because I was a little more quiet and I was a little more reserved and I did kind of sit back and just watch and took note and I wasn't dramatic. And it does look like a little bit that I'm going after Kate, but really that's not how it went down. She actually came after me in the beginning as a trader. And I was like, me? And I it was like this whole thing because I was like, actually, there are people here that know me very well. I'm a terrible liar. And if I was a trader, I would be like a wreck right now. So it's definitely not me. I can promise you that. But um you know, and, th- and then when she started accusing people, it just made her look a little bit more suspicious. Um, and then Kyle's here. Hey, Kyle. Hey, Kyle. Um, <laughs> Love Kyle. 
So the problem he's golfing all day. So the problem is, is that you can't, you can't be too good at it or you're gone. And then if you're bad at it, you lose. So I think our only play truly was to team up with Kate if we really didn't think she was a trader. But throwing money away is just like we didn't really understand what her like the point behind that was. Like we were just like, I just don't even if you're a faithful, why would you do that? And even if you're a trader, why would you do it? Like, what is she doing? Like we and we I think the fact that Brandy and Reza were gone, I think she was just really upset. And she had just threw in the towel and she was like, screw it. You know, is really what I think went down with her. Because then she started mentioning about our clique and whatever. And I'm like, what clique? Me and Rachel? That's <laughs> right. two people. Yeah. You're friends with everybody else. Like, how are two, how can two people click that upsetting to you when you were just in a three-man clique and your men are gone? Oh, is that the problem? So it was just interesting. Like, I think had Rachel and I and Kate teams up and maybe tried to convince Andy because Andy was with us, me and Rachel a little bit. And Ari was actually with us till he got recruited. I think we could have turned the tables a little bit, but it was, it's such an if, and then Christian, we should have gotten Christian out when we said, so it's just a tough game. I mean, you're damned as you do, you're damned as you don't. Right. And I think what's also wild is, to me, if I was playing that game and I was a faithful, I would just be like, all right, you know what? Kate either is a traitor or she doesn't want to be here and she's just going to screw with the right. game until she's gone. So why not just grant her wish and get her out? So like, that's, I don't understand. So that's what why we were trying around. And that's what we were trying to do. And I think I voted for her like five or six times, but I never had the numbers. And I was like, well, it's kind of the same thing with like Michael. They were like, okay, well, even if you're not, like, we just need to know. So we're just going to sacrifice you to move on. Well, it was the same thing with Kate, but we never could get rid of her. And then at one point, she actually wanted to quit and she couldn't quit. And that's at the round table when she tells me to F off. The conversation really went, Kate, you don't want to be here. So why don't you just quit? And she was like, I can't quit. And I'm like, why not? And like, this went on for a while. And she's like, you know what, Stephanie, F you. And like, they showed that part. And I said, Kate, that's fine. You can say whatever you want to me. I'm the thickest skin person you'll ever meet in your life. You can call me ugly, fat, whatever. I don't care. Like things don't bother me like that. But at the end of the day, you're lucky you said that to me and not one of these other girls because it would be a serious cat fight. But of course that didn't air. All they show is me going, after she says "f you, Stephanie" or whatever she said, but the point was, well, you that don't showed, want to be that here. Did show, I mean, even though they didn't show that, it did show that you're thick skin because you're just like, all right, whatever. <laughs> oh, I didn't even care. I was just yeah, like, exactly. the point was, thank God she said it to me. Seriously, if it was three, oh, would have all hell would have broke loose. Anybody else? Shelby, oh, forget it. Rachel, I'm serious. Like, I'm, Brandy, I don't even know. I didn't reach what to say that to her because that's her girl, but. You know, she said to me, I think I actually laughed at first, but she was, she said it to me because she knows I was right. I was like, just quit. Like, you don't want to be here. We can't get the numbers and get ready. So just freaking quit. But she wouldn't quit because she wouldn't get her money. And, you know, Alan did say that in an interview, actually. So I can say that. But um, she just, she, she was, she's outside of the castle. She's actually a really fine, fabulous person. But in a game where you're trying to work as a team and really figure it out, 
I mean, she just threw everybody off constantly. Like it was like chaos constantly. And it's like, why? We're we're really trying to figure this out and at least get the bulk of them out as quick as possible. And and we, we couldn't even do that. Because our own faithfuls were screwing it up. <laughs> <laughs> so oh Steph- my God. Stephanie, the uh one of the times that you were on this show, you did some fabulous impressions of people that you did impressions of Janelle and Rachel and Sari. And so I'm just going to put it out there as we talk about some of these people and we talk about this show, feel free to float and try out some of those impressions. Maybe you can do them. At it's got to, it's got to, it's got to come to me. It's got to come yeah. to me. So yeah. if, if it comes to me, I'll if do it. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, right. if it comes to me, I'll do it. Yeah, sounds good. I'm just letting you know that they love it. So if it, if you have an opportunity and it comes to you, go for it. Okay, so I'm curious. Okay. Every night, so like the schedule of the filming. So like you you go to breakfast, they kind of bring you in in these groups, which I'm sure they like said, okay, today you're going to walk in with this That's person. That's brutal. Yeah. They don't. It's like you wake up. And you wait around in the castle by the bedrooms and you don't know. You don't know if you're going to breakfast or not. So you're just a nervous wreck. You don't, you're not sleeping good. I barely like I had an appetite because even though I was faithful, it's just like, you don't know if you're going to be murdered. The round table takes two or more hours every night. It's freezing cold in that room. Um, and that's really stressful because everyone's arguing and they, you know, they don't show the half of it. So you know, eventually someone comes and says, come with me. And you don't know where you're going. And then if they let you walk down the steps, it means you're going to breakfast. If you don't walk down those steps, those castle steps, you know, inside that main room, you're not going to breakfast. So you don't know who you're walking in with. And and that was another thing. Like in the beginning, I tried to count. Like who's in what cars? Are they keeping, who hasn't gone together yet? Because maybe they're not traitors together. Like there's so many mental things going through your head. Really, at the end of the day, all you have to go off of is, is like your feeling, like your gut and how they're rubbing you. And Sari was really quiet. Like she just was really quiet. She wasn't like over the top wanting to like talk to me. And that was just really a red flag to me. Like I was like, wow, she is normally like her laugh is like so... You know what I mean? Like, it's just so contagious. And there wasn't that much of that. Now, in her interviews, you saw a lot of that. But we never saw her interviews. Like, in Breakfast, and at the challenges, and just kind of around the castle, she was very, like, reserved. And I was like, that's really strange. So So that was another red flag. What was the schedule like? So you, each morning, breakfast, or they bring you down? They bring you down. They like have breakfast someone like forever. Does someone knock on your door and be like, "It's time to go downstairs now"? Yes. Well, yeah. You go. You get my, and then you get set in these little side rooms, and you're in like groups of twos or threes. You're not allowed to talk game, and you don't know if. if and they take you one by one. Like Stephanie, come with me. Rachel, come with me. Even if we're in different rooms, and we all meet top of the steps, and it's like, oh thank God, we're going down. So those three go in. So that takes like an hour or two. And then the last person that doesn't come in, 
and they've been murdered. And then Alan comes and does his spiel and throws the picture on the ground. It's very dramatic. You know, Alan's fabulous, by the way. He was like the perfect host for this. Um, and then after that, we have some time to strategize and be like, huh, they got rid of this person. Why do you think? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, it's just another one. Like, you know, Azra. There's no rhyme or reason. They just got rid of her. You kind of thing, you know? Oh, they're giving us nothing. Oh, Kyle. Kyle spoke up last night. Maybe that's why. Like, you know what I mean? It's kind of. And then um, you get ready for the challenge. The first, the first challenge. And then the challenges take like a couple hours, four or five hours with everything. And you come back, you have dinner, and then you get ready for the round table. And then you go to bed and hope you can sleep that night. <laughs> hope you don't get murdered. So they cater, like they cater dinner. Is that? Yeah, they brought food in every day. They brought yes. lunch in. I think the one dinner scene we saw, it looked like you guys were grabbing food that time when Ryan and Kyle were like, hey, we think Suri's a traitor. I think that was the one time that we saw that was dinner. Dinner, yeah. And that was like the only time. And Suri actually walked in in the middle of it. And I was like, Suri, I mean, they think you're a traitor, basically. And I just told them, like, I'm telling you she's not. Like, she's my girl, and I'd be able to tell, and she's not. And I, that was me telling Suri, like, I just convinced them you're not, basically. And I think she kind of made a joke about it. And then Kyle went that night, or Ryan went that night, I think. And then Kyle went shortly after that. And you were probably, that had to be a red flag. That was, but it's like, if I wasn't on Cerie's side, she was going to get me too. So it's, it's really tricky. And actually, when I did get murdered, it really looked like she was outnumbered. It looked like it was Christian and Ari. And if she would have went to bat for me, that would have been a red flag for her. So I understand why she didn't. Do you know what I mean? Um, she and I haven't even really talked about this. So it's going to be interesting. I don't know if I mean this come up the reunion or not. But um, I mean, by no means am I saying like she won the game because of me. But no. I definitely did everything I could to like help her stay in there. Because I would hope that she was helping me stick around. So it was kind of like a deal. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's protection. It's social game. Yeah. You need allies. You need people yeah. to help you out and work with. You can't do it. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I actually, that's an interesting thing. So something I've always wondered about Survivor or any of these shows, really, and I know it's a little different with the traders because it went on a streaming service and they put it all out at once. So it wasn't the feel of like, okay, here's an episode each week. But something I think right. I've always found interesting is like on a reality show people will like sometimes talk crap about people and confessionals and i'm just curious what like are you typically calling each other up and saying like okay you're gonna see this thing i didn't mean to say this or like how do you kind of <laughs> make amends with some of that stuff um well i didn't really talk smack about anybody no, i try yeah. not to um and if i do it's in the heat of the game and if I talk to the person daily, I'll say, like, by the way, I didn't mean that, like, whatever. But, I mean, if not, it is what it is. Like, I haven't heard from Suri hardly at all, even after she murdered me. So the first time I'll see her is, you know, New York for the reunion. And I highly doubt she'll say to me, I'm sorry I murdered you. No, it's a game, right? She was playing for $250,000. We all were. So I don't expect her to say sorry. I might expect her to say, hey, thank you for saving my ass a couple times. <laughs> but, you know, I doubt she'll say that either. 
So, um, you know, it's a game. At the end of the day, it's a game. And if you're going to get your feelings hurt and you're going to get all butt hurt, then this reality TV is not for you. You know, it's the same thing with Survivor. Like, Palau, I just had my back against the wall the whole time. I was just trying to survive. Guatemala, I was a little more in the driver's seat and I cut a lot of throats. I wasn't saying sorry to every single person. At the end, my final speech was, listen, I had to play the game. I'm, you know, I'm sorry if I had to lie to you. But, you know, everyone's not, like, Kate hasn't called us and said, I'm sorry, we called you, I called you the evil stepsisters or whatever she called us. And, you know, no, because it's so a basically, game and I don't care. Yeah. So, but you're talking about the show with the people that you became close with while you were out there, right? You guys are kind of texting each other, sharing thoughts about it, stuff like that. Um, really, the, the most, I've talked to Rachel probably the most. I mean, I've talked to, I talked to Sri like a couple times, not really. Kate, we've messaged, but yeah, I mean, I talked, I talked to Michael and Amanda and Christian, a lot of the civilians, um, I've talked to Kyle. I've talked to Ryan. I guess I've talked to Ari. I talk, I, talk, I talk to everybody usually. Like I'm generally friends kind of with everybody. I don't really make many enemies. Right. Um, I just don't. Um, I'm not saying I'll be best friends with all of them, you know, moving forward. And, you know, um, I don't know. So some of you guys. Hard. Some of you guys have talked with each other a little bit about the show, but mainly it's just been you and Rachel, yeah. or maybe you and Michael, a couple. But of it's other not people. anything specific. It's it's just like, oh, the show's killing it, or right. wow, uh, you know, so much you didn't see, and you know, right. Ari, yeah. I was like, I think I did text them. How the hell? How the hell did that happen? Like, it didn't make sense to me. I didn't understand. And what did he write back? Oh, it was so that was a lot of editing or something. It was so edited. Like it was a lot of voiceovers or something. A lot of that, it, they didn't show what he really said. And then I didn't want to keep going like, well, what did you really say? I guess we'll say it at the reunion maybe, you know? Um, so, you know, editing's funny. They show me being very alive saying, oh my God, I'm freaking out. I hate small spaces. I never said that. Because I don't dislike small spaces. They don't bother me at all. I'm not claustrophobic at all. I could have laid down there forever. Um, I was freaking out. This is a crazy challenge. Like, oh my God, I'm freaking out. This is so but like editing is a beautiful thing. So you, you know? said you said I'm not afraid of small spaces and they cut out the not part. Right, right, exactly. So um it's just funny how you know reality TV. <laughs> but for the most part, I mean it's not scripted at all. I mean what you see is what you get. And of course it's edited because you have like I think we did two days of filming into one episode. So that's a lot of footage in one hour, you know? Okay. So did they do after you shot, like, so a, a day is you do the breakfast, then you kind of get ready, then you do the challenge, then you, and there's a lunch and a dinner, and then you vote. And there really wasn't a whole lot of like leisure time where you guys are just kind of hanging out. And then did they shoot like the next day? Did they do like confessionals the next day? So sometimes they do them that night. So like, you sit so around like in the, the bar room. cocktail hour is when they kind of pull people for yes. professionals. Yes. And you're always watching who they're pulling because you're like, oh, you think they're pulling the trader? Probably not pulling the trader because the traders are going to meet in the turbidule or whatever that was called and they're going to get a chance to murder. So it's like your mind is constantly going. Like you can never relax. Um, and I mean, we didn't wrap until like 1, 1.30, 2 a.m. sometimes. And we would start at like 8. 
So it was like long days. It was a job. It was a job. Like it was a full time, you know, job. Like you are trying to figure out. It's like a game of Clue, you know, in a castle in Scotland. <laughs> so how long were you gone for? So I went to episode nine out of 10. So I was gone three, about three weeks. And then actually funny story, which is why my hair's curly um, in some of the pictures and straighten it. My hair dryer blew up. So I couldn't straighten my hair anymore. And I just had to go all natural. <laughs> and then um, I guess they waited until after we got the boot to do our like scenes that they were going to use in the beginning. So, you know, Kate's like in a bathtub and I'm like in the library with curly hair on a bookshelf. Well, I ended up getting COVID. So they were testing us like constantly. And um, I think you got COVID COVID during the show. Yeah. And they were testing us constantly. And then as the numbers dwindled, I don't even know if I can say this or not, but as the numbers dwindled, they started testing us like every other day or every couple. It wasn't like every. And um, and I know exactly when I got it. Um, I got it from the man during that church um, challenge and we had to go to the confessional and then run up and we had to read in the book of the traders, the Bible of the traders in Roman numerals. I was the only one on my team that could read Roman numerals because I learned in Catholic school. So I was going to say you had an advantage in Catholic with the confessional. Well, that's they're like, (laughs) how do you even know? And I, and I, I just was like 46 and I kept licking my fingers to turn the page. And, um, Amanda was on my team and Amanda came down with COVID and then like five or six days later, I started getting this weird cough, splitting headache. Um, now I already had COVID and I already been vaccinated, you know, so I could travel the world doing my reality shows. <laughs> and, um, and I knew it. I was like, I think I have COVID and I'm like thinking to myself, when's the next test? And sure enough, it was the day I got murdered. I got murdered. And then they're like, um, we need to give to give you a COVID test so we can book your flight. So I got stuck there an extra week in like a hotel, not the castle. So I was gone to answer your question like over a month from my kids. And I wasn't even in the game. I was gone an extra week. Cause I was Did so you talk sick. to your kids when you were done? Like when you're yeah. out? Okay, yeah. That's good. Yeah. So they didn't give us phones or anything during. And we did have a day off at one point. Um, it was actually Mother's Day. We had off. Um, and they didn't let us, like, we didn't really have phones or anything. But it was nice. They, like, gave us, like, flowers, all the moms, and a nice basket, and some wine. It was just, like, a chill day, like, in our rooms. And then as soon as I got voted off or, well, murdered, they gave me my phone. So every day, and my Sloan, my four-year-old, three then she's like why why are you still sitting in that room and i'm like mommy's coming home soon i swear (laughs) every day testing myself like is this one going to be negative is this one going to be negative oh those things could be positive forever those damn covid tests yes i know remember when i had covid last summer oh yes yes well the first time is the worst and then it you know each time time. it gets a little better oh that's right second time but we'll save that for We're not talking COVID uh, today. We'll do that on another podcast. No, no. Forget. Actually, they just, I'm going to New York for the reunion and they needed a picture of my vaccination card. And I'm like, are we still talking about COVID? I, I, I'm like for so pretty good for COVID. Like that's a New yeah. York thing? Wow. Well, even just in NBC, they have a whole floor 
because when we were there for the press junket, they have a whole floor to test any guests that come on any show. You have to be fully tested. I'm just like, oh God, can we ever be done with the? Can we be done with this yet? Um, but yeah, so I did. I stayed an extra seven days. That sucked, but yeah. It was it tough? Was it tougher being away from your everyday life? in the year 2022 when you filmed this versus when you first went on reality television as a 24 year old single person? Um, so when I'm in the game, it's, I'm fine because I'm constantly thinking whatever on traders. Now, when I got murdered, I just, I wanted to go like that week was the hardest week of my life because mm. my kids, had, it was May they had a lot going on. It was the end of the school year. I was missing all their all their end of the school year programs and award ceremonies. And now having Kyle be there for all that was helpful. Um, but on Survivor, it's a different miss because you're starving. And you're just so drained emotionally and physically. And some days you're just so down, you really just want to quit. Like, you're just like, I'm done. Um, and I don't know if it's because I've done reality now a couple times. And I expected to feel that way. But that's how Shelby started to get. Like she was kind of just like, I really miss my daughter. I'm just kind of like, she didn't say she was done, but she just seemed like she was done. Do you know what I mean? And again, this is her first reality show. So that's a lot, you know, being away from your little ones. So it's a, it was a different part. Um, in the game, I was fine. Out of the game, that week was hell. Because this, this show, they send you right home. Like, you get voted out, you go right home. Survivor, you do not. So... How was it different in terms of was this tougher on you psychologically or because I, I can't imagine it was tougher physically. You, you already sort of answered that with Survivor being so tough. Yeah. Um, this was a way different game because it's completely mental. Every move that's made is mental and every move that's made, you're second guessing yourself. Like you make a decision and then like I would write it down, like I wrote it down. And then I'm like, maybe not, you know, and then I'm adding more names. I'm like, okay, plus Kate, plus R at one point was on there. Like, you know, so way more, way more mental, way more. I mean, they had psych on hand the whole game. Like you need to call them. I am proud to say I never needed to talk to psych once. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. I was very mentally stable. I was very mentally stable. Others, not so much. Not going to name names. But, I mean, it was a tough game. How do you think reality TV, because I know part of it was the nature of this game being very creative, very different, very new. And, I mean, I could imagine, well, I guess I'll ask you this first before I go back to what I was about to ask, is how does, like, did this game impact you when you come back home from it? Is there some kind of aftermath where you're just kind of like, what just happened? Like, I have to figure out kind of like, that was really weird. I don't really know what happened. But then also, does it impact the way that you interact and trust others? Or are you someone, maybe it's just you, you're someone that's, it's easy for you to shut it off and you get back to normal life. You're like, okay, I'm back. I mean, it's a good question because when you come back from Survivor, you're a disaster. Like you are like, everything is like overwhelming and you have like PTSD and like, it's just bizarre. And it takes you a while really mentally to get right physically, especially you, your body, but mentally. I think you had a funny story about survivor. Didn't you like buy a bunch of chocolate cake when you went to the store one oh, time? 
I like don't even eat chocolate cake. And I went to the shop and I bought like eight chocolate cakes, like all different <laughs> kinds, like Betty Crocker, like extra fudge. Like I couldn't, I had like two carbs. People were, I, it was like $1,800 worth of groceries. I, I was just, I was by myself. I, I don't even know what I bought. And these are 2005 said, grocery prices, not 2023. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. That's a lot of, that's like four grand worth of groceries right now. <laughs> seriously and they said do not go food shopping alone and i'm like i'm fine not (laughs) fine um so when i came back from snake because it was like boom in the jungle you lost snake in the grass because you were a liar and and you're home and i was like so that was like i remember three calling me mainly because i didn't really know rachel and janelle that well and you know we talked a lot she talked to me like off of the ledge really she did this game, um, I was okay with, but now that it's getting close to the reunion, I'm starting to get, cause, and the show just aired and I'm doing a lot of podcasts and interviews. Things are coming up that weren't on shown on air. And really to be quite frank, we, they didn't want us talking about anything that wasn't aired. So now we're talking about some things that haven't aired and what really went on behind the scenes. And some of this may come up, you know, with Andy Cohen as the host and he can be a little dramatic. So I am getting a little bit nervous because I don't want to, you know, call anybody out and I don't like drama, but I want to be honest. And I want to be honest about, I played, I played as honest a game as I could. I mean, I gave Serene and Rachel my word and I kept that to the end a thousand percent. Which I always do. My mom always says, you're loyal to a fault. And I really am. I'm probably one of the most loyal people you'll ever meet. So that's, that's why we're that's, friends. That's my, well, in the reality world, loyalty will get you nowhere. <laughs> As you can see, I've lost five shows now. So, um, you know, I, I'm going to have to uh, up my game for the next one. <laughs> I said I said this after Snake in the Grass, too. And I'm still here. Here I am, still loyal. <laughs> <laughs> so you get so i mean no i i don't have any like i didn't have a big adjustment to answer your question but now that it's getting close to the reunion show i'm starting to think a lot more about it and it's not you know i'm not losing sleep over it or anything like that but you know it's like an excited nervous to see everybody again i haven't heard much from suri um and you know she was the one i was closest with so you know, she, they also don't want us really talking because they want it all to be authentic, uh, yeah. live. Yeah, that makes so, sense. So how did you go about, like, your wardrobe for the show? Did you, did they give you kind of some stuff that they thought, hey, this would be good for you to wear to fit kind of your character? Or was it just so, a free-for-all, bring whatever you want? No, they say, like, castle chic and, like, picture, like, Scotland. And they give you, like, a couple pictures of different looks. And then you actually have to send them pictures of like 15 different outfits and they say yes or no. Yeah. And then they say pair that with that and that. And then when you get there, they'll, they give you a printout every night of what you're supposed to wear in the morning and what your call time is. So they're like, this is what you're going to wear tomorrow. Be ready by eight. Oh, and then come to wardrobe. We are going to give you another jacket. We don't like that. You know, and they did have some clothes there. So it was like all our own clothes, but they would like add to it. So the question I was about to ask that I pivoted to a different question was, 
I'm curious to know, because you've been on a couple of these shows now recently, and we mentioned that, you know, this was obviously a different kind of show. It was new and it probably was hard on a lot of people psychologically. Just curious to know, how have you noticed reality TV or maybe Survivor, at least, being different from these other shows that you've done now? Um, we won't say how many years it's been, but it's been, it's been <laughs> a little while. Yeah. Well, Survivor in itself is just a different game now than even when I played. But um, Survivor compared to Snake in the Grass and Traitors, since it's hard to compare because there's nothing like the Survivor production. I mean, there are crews of hundreds of people and Jeff Ropes is top of the line. I mean, he barely ever has to repeat a challenge or a line or whatever he's going to say, like he is on it. And, you know, Bobby Bones, that was the first time he hosted. So a lot of times he'd be like, wait, stop, let me do it again. And same with Alan. Like I think the one point he called me three and mixed up our names. <laughs> and he's like, oh, do it again. You know, like Je- Jeff's been doing it so long. And that production is so sharp. That and by production I mean drones and helicopters and cameramen and underwater men and I mean really there is no production like it if that's what you're asking. Yeah, um, was, this was, was a newer. Yeah. Not even no not even. I mean they did a great job, but there were times like you know um, there was a lot of downtime because we had to wait for things to be set up and things like that and. And that's okay, but it was downtime and no talking. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, you're going into the round table room. And we're like, well, what the heck? We didn't even get a chance to like strategize really. Like, we, like when Rachel went, we really didn't have a lot of time that night. And it was like, so everything had to be out at the table. And it kind of, we didn't have any time to convince anybody else. Like, are you serious? You really think Rachel's a traitor? Like she is not. And we're like, sorry, are you serious? Like, and then Quentin was like, oh, you can see people's true colors when you blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, well, she's she's pissed off because she's not. She's a faithful. Like, you're 100% wrong kind of thing. So that was tough. Um, so they'd have downtime. We didn't get a lot of time to strategize. You'd have downtime where you just, like, sit by yourself or, like, you sit in a room and you can't talk? No, downtime, like, all eating and it's gag order. And you're constantly mic'd. So I can't even be like, hey, Rachel, what do you think? Like, oh, they can hear everything. So you're gag ordered. I so think- unless the cameras are rolling, like, you're not allowed to talk. It's the same way with Survivor, too. But really, on Survivor, they have so many crews of camera people coming in and out on eight-hour shifts. You just, you're never, you're never not on camera. You just talk. <laughs> One of the things that I love the most about reality shows, and part of it is us, we're just kind of talking about how the genres changed a lot. So really, I haven't watched a lot of new shows. I did watch Traders. I have not watched Survivor in a couple of years. But one of the things that I really love about like when you were on Survivor, there were so many scenes where it's just like you guys are just kind of hanging out around camp. It's like you and Bobby John are like starting a fire you're cooking something and bobby john's like shooting his snot rockets you're getting annoyed by it like that's a lot yeah. of stuff that i really like on reality tv and i wish that there was kind of more of those and this isn't just traders this is all shows just kind of like those little moments of like what are these people doing to kind of pass the time how do these people like yeah. bond with each other how do they become friends with each other why are they working together kind of stuff 
Absolutely. And uh, you're not the first person to say, they're like, I've heard a couple people say to me, um, I wish we would have just seen you guys like just talking more. Like, I feel like it's all at the breakfast or it's all at the challenge or it's all at the round table. Like, you don't see us really talking like around the castle. But again, I mean, you have so many hours of footage, you've right. got to get into one episode. So I think, I think they did a great job. I really did. And I was happy with my edit, you know? Um, I have no complaints at all. I think it was a great show. I wish we would have got a couple traders traders out earlier in the game. It looked like it took forever for us to like even just get the first one. But I mean, I guess if we would have gotten Cody day one, they would have been able to recruit right away. So, well, see, that's the thing. It's that would so have been a whole thing. It's like, so you get this is okay. See, traders, if you're listening, season two create some kind of reward and incentive if you call out someone because i think reality tv is great when you get people who are confrontational so if in episode one stephanie has some kind of reward where she's like you know what if i get cody out at this vote and i was the person who kind of started it now i have safety up until the final five or something right like that. Right. Then it's like Stephanie's going to be going right. so confrontational and it's going to be fireworks and explosions and great. So do something like that. You could do some kind of like if the traders lose a number, well, now they lose their powers for a few weeks and they can't murder anybody. You right. could do the challenges. You could have like if if you guys win because you do these team challenges and it ends up not really mattering a whole lot which team wins because you just need to win the money. And for the a lot of viewers, they're not as invested in like, okay, so cool. You won $5,000 like that, you know, but let's say now the winning team has safety. They can't be banished. They can't be murdered. And that limits the options. Well, and that was the whole thing with the shield. Like when you could go into that room and get the shield, we all decided don't tell each other who got it because we would all potentially be protected. That was like kind of that, but they didn't even show the shield. until like episode four. Oh, so they did it before that, and we just didn't even yeah. see it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it was like, wait, wait, are they going to share the shield at all? And then Ari got it three times in a row. And I'm like, did he really get it three times in a row? <laughs> well, I'm like, just how like, did that happen? Rachel is getting bugs dumped on her, and she doesn't even get safety for doing awesome in that challenge. She gets a chance at being the one she person who gets safety. Like, that challenge was like Michael Jordan in the Boston Garden, his rookie year, putting up 63 points. Uh, some of the no-hitters we've seen in sports. This was an all-time, like, performance. No, any... she was she was unbelievable. She was the reason Andy didn't quit. And Tate finally shows up and was the reason Serena didn't quit. Serena must quit. Um, so, I mean, again, I got the easy side with Ari with the rats and was completely <laughs> unfazed, but... You know, it was just some rats crawling around. No big deal. But like they, they, they but I, if I was on the bunk side, I would have my hood up, and like I was already prepared to go in there. So I don't know why they didn't have like hats on. Rachel and Lincoln's our hat off. I was like, no, 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 no leave the hat on. You do it. But but I mean, all in all, the first season, like it's always like this, right? Survivor was the same way when Richard Hatch won. Like it evolves. You learn from mistakes. You know, I think they should pick out of a hat. I don't think production should pick the traders at all because we were like okay there definitely has to be a celebrity guy and a celebrity girl or whatever and then probably a civilian or two so like we're like okay well we got a guy so there's just still have to be a girl in there a female like do, you know what i mean if it's out of a hat it could be up the chain it could be three or four males yeah you know tell them how many people how many traders there are too that's the other they thing. never said they never said 
So that was tough too. You could also do for the challenges. So like your whole, a whole team could win safety or you could have, instead of winning money or safety, you win clues like they do on snakes. So then the traders really have to tank the challenges and that would create all kinds of paranoia. I know. And that was another thing. There was no clues. There was nothing. So, I mean, really Kyle Cook was on it and they got rid of him early. Like, had he stuck around and Amanda stuck around with me and Rachel, the four of us, we would have been, we would have been good. That's, that's but, the problem is because he showed that he was good. So he got murdered. That's part of yeah. the tricky thing with the traders. Well, Stephanie, I know you got to run here shortly. You got your Eagles hat on. What's the Super Bowl this week, uh, Sunday? What's the score going to be? Prediction for the game. Oh, gosh. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, but I think the Eagles are definitely going to win. Um, I don't know. I think it's going to be like 48-42. to 48-42. That's a lot of points. A lot of yeah. points. So you're going on the over, on the over-under. <laughs> yes. Yes, I'm going on the over, and I know that the Eagles are going to win. I just have a feeling. So just, just got take it or it. leave it. Well, fun. Take fact, it or leave it. The first year that Stephanie played Survivor, the first time she was on Palau, it aired in 2005, and that okay. was the Eagles went to the Super Bowl that year. Was in they played in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, February 2005. Mm. And then, so that was the first time Stephanie was on reality TV. The last time she was on reality TV was in 2009, and then it aired in 2010. In 2009, that was the last time that the Phillies had gone to the World Series. So that's right. The first time, so (laughs) first time Stephanie was on reality TV, Eagles go to the Super Bowl. Most recent time prior to recently, Phillies go to the World Series. Phillies go. And then she goes and on now, Snake in the Grass. Phillies go to the World Series. She goes on uh, Traders, and the Eagles go to the Super Bowl. So listen, the moral of the story is if the Phillies teams want to go far into the season and try to win championships, I need to be on a reality show. <laughs> Lynn Spillman, you're a Philly girl. Listen to this. And Lynn is the one who originally casted me. See? This is so, like, wow. It all comes full circle. All right, Lynn, all what right. are you up to now? <laughs> <laughs> Closing thoughts. Anything else you want to add that we didn't touch on? Um, no, everybody. Thank you for watching The Traders. Um, and thank you for supporting me. I don't have a big following, really, on social media because I was private for a very long time. Um, and I'm not, you know, just a big social media type of person, but I am public now. So follow me um, if you want to see what I have going on in the future. And thank you for your support. I just I'm just here to try to be real. That's all. <laughs> and that's why we love you. What's your social media handles? Thank you. Um, well, I'm going to give my Instagram is Steph underscore LaGrosa underscore Kendrick. And on there, you can find all of my handles under my link tree, under my bio. Because I have like two Facebooks and I have Twitter and I don't know what else I have. <laughs> I'm still learning. I'm still learning all this. Listen, I'm a busy mom of three. <laughs> We're lucky if I can get my reels updated a couple times a week. Okay. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Stephanie, and good luck to thank you. Thank you, Jack. It's always a pleasure. Go, Eagles! 
All right, y'all, that concludes today's episode of the Jack Vita Show. It was a joy welcoming back Stephanie. She was, believe it or not, in the year 2022, she was the guest that appeared most on this show. She tied Ryan Packett and Andrew Stem with four appearances in the year 2022. And now I think she's leading in 2023 because she's been on twice. Uh, Steph's got a lot going on right now with traders coming out and a bunch of other things in her life. So we'll check in with her. Might not be a month for a month. Maybe it's two months, but we will be having her on again in the near future. So if you guys enjoyed our episode today, if you want to hear, hey, maybe we'll have some more people from traders. If you guys want that, maybe comment here on YouTube and let me know who you'd like to hear from, from traders or from other reality shows. I'm going to have a lot of baseball stuff coming out over the next couple months with spring training getting going. I'm going to be traveling out to Phoenix uh, in two weeks, actually. I'm going to get out there the 25th of February, be there for three weeks. Then I go to Florida for two weeks in Florida. So I'm going to bring the show on the road. I'm going to record some episodes while I'm out. Um, so there'll be a lot of baseball stuff, potentially some March Madness stuff as well. And then if you guys want to hear from people on the traders or from Survivor, or other reality shows, comment who you would like to hear from and we'll see what I can arrange. Some of those episodes might not come out until later this year, maybe in the springtime, but uh, we will keep you posted for all of that. So make sure you guys subscribe to the Jack Vita show for more content. Oh, by the way, speaking of reality stars, we had Jervis Peterson on from the first season of Survivor and the 27th season of Survivor. Uh, that was Survivor Blood versus Water. He finished third place. And he's from Philly, so we previewed the Super Bowl. He and Stephanie have met each other before. If you want to listen to Jervis, go back and check out that episode. If you want to hear Stephanie talk about Snake in the Grass or Survivor or any of the other shows she's been on, if you want to see an adorable interview that we did with her 11-year-old nephew, Philip, who's a Little League star, Go and check those out. It's all here um, on the Jack Vita Show on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Hit subscribe. You can follow me on social media at Jack Vita Show. And until our next episode, I'm Jack Vita. Bring in the dancing lobsters.